And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, we'll travel to Cairo, Egypt, for mystery, intrigue, adventure on Rocky Jordan from 1949. Then, Eddie Cantor joins Jack Benny and all his gang on the Jack Benny program from 1946. With me to help present these classic radio shows is my co-host, my sidekick, my second banana, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. I've been told, actually, the second banana is not a good thing. Oh, right. Remember? It's not politically correct. Well, it may... shouldn't say second banana. No, there was something about it that was kind of the, so the, origin... the reject is the second banana. No, it's, I don't think it's reject. I think... What it is is in vaudeville. Yes. When you were the like the headliner, right? You were considered the first banana. You got to pick the nicest, pick the... ripest banana right. in the. And in that the, was the first banana. The, the second one, I think, is the. And then, the, know, and then, if you were so good. if you were the second, uh, you know, uh, on the on the headline, you got to pick from the rest of the bananas, and they called right. them the second banana. Yeah. But you know what, Lisa, you're you're the first banana. Thanks, you, Carl. you are. You are the banana to end all bananas. Thank you're you. Like, you're like a banana split. Oh, That's wow. what you are. I'm, Your I'm, ice cream, caramel all over it, some wow. nuts. I'm blushing. And uh, some strawberries. That's how That's how I think about you, Yeah, I'm Lisa. not big on the nuts, but I'll take the banana. All right, so what's happening in Hollywood? All right, so Julian's Auction House will auction off Marilyn Monroe's personal items. Wow. So this auction will take place November 19th and 20th in L.A. If you're mm-hmm. out that way, you mm-hmm. may head over there. There's some right. items you might be interested in. Now, these are personal items from the estate of her acting teacher, uh-huh. Lee Strauss. Right. Because uh, she developed a relationship with him later, uh, late and uh, bequeathed him her personal items. Really? Yeah. So this will include, uh, this was her acting teacher, this will include a fur coat, Mm. a platinum and diamond watch, uh, purses, get this one, a tube of her used Revlon lipstick from 1947. Whoa. Even had the color on it, which I don't recall. Wow. Personal letters, tax documents. Really things that um, are very important to have. Wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what... what there's, there's a few some, things that uh, I would have wanted from Marilyn Monroe her back then. Her tax documents? No, not those oh. things. Mm. Back then, if I was around, there was mm-hmm. a few things, like two things in particular. Really? I can think of. Yeah. I mean, okay. Marilyn, she was such a nice, uh, very attractive young woman. Uh, you must be talking about her books. Yeah, mm, that's right. what I thought. I, I would like to read her books. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. what they're saying is this whole collection of items really forms a time capsule of her life. Yeah, very cool. Um, so it gives a picture. So we can all right, uh, head well, out to L.A. Let's all, let's all take a road trip. Sounds great. All right, time for Rocky Jordan, uh, September 11th, 1949, for The Adventure with Andrea, starring Jack Moyles as Rocky Jordan. Now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you today by Del Monte Tomato Products. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. 
the Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, Adventure with Andrea. about the earthquake in Ecuador that broke the first week in August. It was a big one. Killed a few thousand people and buried a couple of cities. Yeah, it was big, all right. I even felt the reverberations in Cairo, 8,000 miles away. It started the night I'd left Chris, my bartender, in charge of the tambourine because I had some business across town. When I got back about two and looked in the front door, I saw there was trouble inside. My bartender, Chris, was swinging from the ground at a big guy who was taking it all and delivering in turn. They moved from the side of the cafe to the center, turning over a table and chair. When the bottles began to break, I figured it was time to put a stop to it. So I moved in, but not before Chris buried his fist in the big guy's stomach and fell face down on a large suitcase. I guess I'm a little late. Oh, hi, Rock. What happened? I don't know. This guy moved in with his suitcase. Started up the stairs to your room. I said it was private, but he wouldn't take no. Who is he? Toby Barker's the name. Toby? Hiya, Rock. Oh, you know him, Rock? Yeah, he surely knows me. Port Said, Algiers, Istanbul. Remember, Rock? I remember the one you left, Cairo. You took my cash register with you. Yeah? Oh, that, yeah. What are you doing back here? Now, I'll tell you all about it, Rock, but let's go upstairs so I can clean up, huh? Toby wrapped a big paw around the handle of his suitcase, and we went up to my room. He washed up, came back into the bedroom, and flopped on the bed. That's when the conversation started again. <laughs> it's good to see you again, pal. Been a long time, huh? Three years, four years? Something like that. Miss me? Not much. <laughs> yeah. Still sore about me picking up that loose change in your register? Six hundred dollars. It's not the money so much. I just don't like a guy with glue on its fingerprints. <laughs> well, Rock, that's why I'm back. To make amends. Six hundred dollars? Okay, six hundred it is. Uh, I'm a little short right now. Oh, yeah, sure. But, uh... Here's 200 on account. I'll give you the other four in a couple of days. Yes, sir, I'm a new man, Rocky. Turned over that leaf everybody talks about. Hey, see that suitcase there? Can't miss it. Mm-hmm. Samples. I'm a salesman. Kitchen utensils, can openers, strainers, potato scraper. Bring modern mechanics to the oppressed housewife in the Middle East. Why, they'll welcome me here with open arms. A new Caesar conquering Egypt with aluminum. You haven't lost any of your wind. <laughs> uh, it's uh, going to be fun bunking with you for a couple of days, Rocky. You staying here? Oh, you wouldn't have it any other way, pal. <laughs> oh, Rock. Yeah. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you if you don't mention it around town that I'm back. I'd... That why you don't want a hotel? <laughs> you know how it is, sport. A couple of debts, some people carrying grudges for a long time, and, uh, <laughs> well, I'd just assume it wasn't newsed around with Toby Barker's in Cairo. Hey, you can keep a secret, huh, sport? Well, that's how it began. Part two started the next morning. About nine o'clock, I noticed a kid, 14 or 15, standing across the street, bouncing a ball up against a wall. At 11, he was still there, but his arm was tired, and he was just sitting on the curb. One o'clock, he was bouncing the ball again, but I could see his heart wasn't in it. What he was really doing was a watch job in the tambourine. Three o'clock, the kid was still there watching, and I was getting pretty curious. I moved out to talk to him, but when he saw me coming, he started to run. I took out after him. Hey! Hey, kid! Slow down! I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to talk to you. He kept on running down the Sharia Hakkar with me after him. 
But on the corner, he ran into a fat lady carrying a basket of groceries. The kid in a bag of Brussels sprouts rolled on the sidewalk. Two seconds later, the fat lady was picking up her Brussels sprouts, and I was picking up the kid. Why does the boy not watch where he is going? Why does he not look before he runs into innocent people carrying Brussels sprouts? All right, kid, come on up on your feet. people, the way they raise their children. They raise them to knock over innocent people in the street carrying Brussels sprouts. Uh, he apologizes. Come on, kid, step to the side here. I want to talk to you. Sweat to me. Tell me here. Tell me here. All right, settle down. Tell me here. No le hice nada. Solamente estaba aquí afuera atendiendo mis propios negocios. Huh? Suéltame, le dije. Now try speaking English. English, English. Pero, señor, no hablo inglés. No lo hablo. Then try speaking Arabic. Por favor, señor, no lo comprendo. Suéltame, por favor. You were watching my tambourine. Why? Por qué, kid? What's going on? No sé de qué hablo. Le dije que estaba atendiendo mis negocios. Suéltame, señor. Suéltame. <laughs> kid could speak or would was Spanish. But when someone cases my place for a full day, I could figure something was up and I wanted to know just what. So I let the kid go, figuring to follow him. He wound me through a couple of streets and ended up at a small hotel called the Dynasty. He disappeared into room 212. A few seconds later, I knocked on the door. Open the door and you'll find out. Oh. Come in, Senor Jordan. We met? No, Senor, but I know of you. He's all right. Come in. Este es el hombre, amor. Yo sé, Kiko. Haga el favor de dejarnos ahora, huh? Bien. My brother, Kiko. He speaks nothing but Spanish. So I see. He has left us alone so we may talk. You know, I'm not sure whether he led me here purposely or I made it myself. It was not his intention to bring you here, but now that you are here, Senor Jordan... It is only right that I answer your questions. Something's going on, lady. Your brother's been staked out of my tambourine all day. It makes my customers nervous. We have no intention to make your customers nervous. We have no intention either to cause you concern, but in truth, something is going on. Who are you, anyway? My name is Andrea Rios. I'm new to your city. I have come with purpose. From where? South America. The country of Ecuador, the city of Ambato. Ecuador? There's been a lot about Ecuador in the newspapers, the uh, earthquake. Yes. I left shortly after that. Well, you've come a long way. But what's my tambourine got to do with it? Only that under its roof resides a strange man. What? Your guest, Toby Barker. Oh. I ask you, Senor Jordan, I ask you to send that man away. Why? He will bring you trouble. What kind of trouble? What does that matter? Trouble of a kind you will not like. I ask you, please, Senor, send him away. Send him out of your building. You, uh, you always carry a gun? What? That bulge in your purse isn't a bottle of cologne. I ask you, Senor Jordan, once again, send that man out from under your roof. Be wise and do as I say. There is something between the two of us that can wait no longer. Something between the two of us that soon must explode. Well, I had the feeling it was a simmering pot. Ingredients? One Toby Barker and a dame from Ecuador. And it looked like I was going to be the one to get hit with a flying lid. I went back to the tambourine and spent a couple of hours getting ready for the supper crowd. Chris was racking up a few bottles behind the bar. And my cook was scratching around the kitchen with a mixmaster. And I went into my office. Toby Barker was there looking out the window. Oh, hi, Rock. I didn't hear you come in. Looking for someone? Uh, yeah, Rocky, yeah. A friend of mine's coming to see me here. 
I didn't think he'd mind. Uh, he's going to sign up for a large consignment of my kitchen utensils. Then I hit the road. This friend of yours, a uh, woman? A uh, woman? From Ecuador, named Andrea Rios. Andrea Rios? What'd you find out about her? Oh, things get out. Yeah? Got a cigarette? Yeah. she the friend you're waiting for? No. What have you got to say about her? Oh, nothing, right? Just some dame, you know how it is. Met her in Ecuador, had a little whirl. A little hard to shake, that's all. You know how it is with women's sports. I know if they're chasing a man, they don't bring along their little brother. Oh? He's here too, huh? That's right. And she's got another little companion that spits lead. Yeah. She's the impetuous type. What is it, Toby? I told you, Rock. Just a little boy meets girl stuff. Nothing important. You're lying. No, Rock. No, really. Hey, look. Look, now, just forget about it, huh? I'll be out of your place in the Listen, market. Toby, I'm not in the market for trouble. I run a restaurant here. I got a pretty good rep, and I don't want it messed up. If you've got a thing on with that girl, take it someplace else. Oh, pal, if you don't... Come in. The bartender says that I would... Oh, Mr. Barker. Yes, uh, come on in, Hashima. I've been waiting for you. I am most sorry, Mr. Barker. The traffic kept me. Hashim Bay, Mr. Jordan? Oh, most delighted, Jordan Bay. I have heard of you. Most of Cairo has. How do you do? Mr. Barker, I have little time. My client leaves the city soon. He's most anxious we consummate our dealings promptly. Oh, sure, Hashim. Uh... Rock, uh, you mind uh, stepping outside? You want me to leave my own office? <laughs> you don't mind, do you, Rock? For a pal? Uh, all right. Make it fast. I stepped out of my own office and Toby tripped the lock behind me. It was pretty clear that Toby was using my place for a rendezvous with Hashim and I wanted to know what it was all about. I pressed my ear up against the door, but what I heard was something I didn't expect. a moment until it sounded safe, then unlocked the door and moved inside. Both Toby and Hashim were hugging the floor, still very much alive. The bullets had come from outside. I moved to the shattered window and looked out. Scampering down the street was a long-legged dame with a flock of black hair. She was stuffing something back into her purse and it figured to be the gun. And when she went by a lamppost, I saw who she was. Andrea Rios, late of Ambato, Ecuador. watched Andrea around the corner. When I turned back from the window, Hashim Bey had already picked himself up and was scampering out of my place. And Toby Barker was dusting off his suit, quite relieved that the bullets landed in my wall. I decided I wanted more words with a South American bombshell who was turning my office into a skeet shoot. I caught up with her back at her hotel room, and I don't think I was too gentle as I snatched her purse away from her and opened it. What are you doing? I'm a gun collector, lady, and I want yours. Take it. I've got it. Uh Uh-huh. Three bullets fired, and they're all on my wall. I miss. I'm a little touchy about guns going off in my place. I told you. I told you, I told you, I told you. Get that man out from under your roof. Maybe I don't want her. Maybe he's a friend of mine. I don't like being told what to do with my oh, friends. What are you screaming about? I miss. Listen, Miss Ecuador, maybe you don't understand. We got laws in Cairo. Assault with a deadly weapon, intent to kill. And we got jails, too. And they got plenty of room. They do not just stand there. Call the police. Maybe I will. Oh, call them, call them, call them. What do I care? All right. Go ahead. What are you waiting for? Get me Captain Sam Sabaya, Cairo Police. Call them. Call them. Call them. 
What does it matter now I miss? I talked to Sam and he said he'd be right down. Then I hung up and turned back to look at Andrea. She had slumped down on the couch and was beginning to cry. Ah, some dames can turn it on like a water faucet and use it to get things their own way. But this was different. This was real. At least it looked like it. It wasn't a loud cry. It was soft, but tight like it was bound up in ropes. And it was a deep cry. It made a fellow wonder. After a while, she came out of it. Senor Giorgio. Yeah. What are the jails like? You won't be fond of it. I did not suppose I would. Do you uh, have anything you want to tell me? There's much I could say. I'm a good listener. But to what avail, Senor Jordan? I have tried to kill a man. I have followed him halfway around the world with one purpose. Well, there's a reason. Reason. But his reason for one person is not always for another. Try me. I'm living in Amato, in Ecuador. My father is a most revered and wonderful man. He's the proprietor of a fine art shop containing beautiful and expensive relics of early Ecuadorian culture. Then I bring to live with us a man whom I love and have married. He is a man who my father considers a spoiler he does not approve. But he bends to the wish of his daughter whom he loves very much. The new husband may stay. As time goes, I hear that my husband is disreputable. I refuse to believe. But then the moment comes when I can no longer shut my eyes to what is about me. It comes when the earthquake comes to Ecuador. The buildings of Mabato are shattered. The people are buried in the rubble. The children scream for their mothers and misery is all over. It is then, as the buildings quiver and the stones fall, that in front of my eyes, unaware I am there, my husband kills my father with a blow on the head. Still, and then disappears. The law can do nothing. First it is troubled by the misery of the earthquake. Then it sees no proof. As far as it is concerned, my father was killed by falling rubble. But the daughter knows differently. The daughter saw, and yet she has no proof. Now the burden of justice lies with her. Yeah, that's a lot of story. How do I know it's true? You do not. Well, what's your plan now, Andrea? It depends most strongly upon the words you utter to Captain Sabaya. Yeah. But in fairness, I must say to you, though justice has failed once, it may still be attempted again. <laughs> yes? Captain Sam Sabaya of the Cairo Police. Oh, come in, Sam. Call me, Jordan? Yeah. I came as promptly as I could. Well, what do you wish of me? Uh, Sam. Yes, I'm waiting, Jordan. Andrea, will you do one thing for me? Perhaps. Don't do anything for a couple of hours. Give me a chance to think a little bit. I have waited so long. I can wait a little longer. Jordan, would you come? Come on, Sam. Uh, outside. I'll see you soon, Andrea. Jordan, I'm a most busy man. I, I receive an urgent telephone call from you requesting me to arrive as promptly as possible at room 212 of the Dynasty Hotel. Yeah, I know, sir. This I do. When I arrive, I find you and a beautiful woman alone in a room, the atmosphere most dense. I know, Sam. I see that you are disturbed, that the lady has been crying, that a gun lies on the bed. 
And when I ask of you the trouble, you tell me nothing. I'm sorry, Sam. Later, I'll tell you all. Jordan. Huh? Beware that you are not carrying too much upon your shoulders. Beware that you are not making decisions which are beyond your province. Yes, Sam. I'll watch it. I left Sam and went back to the tambourine, trying to figure all the while if what Andrea had told me was true. I went up to my room. Toby wasn't there, but Chris was. Oh, hi, Rock. Just picking up a few of Toby's empty bottles. Hey, what's the matter? You look like you've been through an egg beater. Where's Toby? He left a few minutes ago. He had a phone call. Said he'd be back soon. Uh-huh. What are you looking for? A suitcase. Did he take it with him? No, it's over there behind the couch. Uh, we'll take a look inside. He said there's nothing in it but his samples. Kitchen equipment. Well, let's find out, huh? That's kitchen stuff, Rocky. Orange squeezer, knives. Mm, let's look at the bottom layer. What is it, Rocky? Looks sort of odd, doesn't it? It's filigree. Gold, silver, or platinum. They're Ecuadorian ornaments of some sort and pretty expensive. I don't get it, Rock. What's it mean? It means part of her story's true, anyway. Whose story? Tell you about it later, Chris. Look, uh, Toby will be back pretty soon to sell this stuff to Hashim. You'll have to do something for me. I want to see a lady from Ecuador. I told Chris what I wanted him to do, then went back to the dynasty to find Andrea. The desk clerk said she'd gone across the street to get a sandwich. I found her munching on some devil egg and sipping black coffee. You came back sooner than I expected. I got an answer sooner than I expected. What do you mean? I went through Toby Barker's suitcase. Oh. Gold and platinum filigree, eh? My father's. That's right. Worth quite a bit of money. $50,000 to $100,000, depending on the buyer. Even now, Toby is trying to close the deal with an Egyptian named Hashim. And then he will leave the contract. I have not much time. Andrea. Yes? He'll tip his hand. Sooner or later, he'll tip his hand. Will he? I'm trying to tell you to lay away your gun. I know that. He's not worth it, Andrea. If he did what you said he did, he's still not worth your killing. You do not have to go on. My mind is made up. It has worked within me for so long that there is nothing for me to do but to kill him. Andrea. He is an evil man the law cannot touch. He killed my father. And that death is laid at my feet. Rocky, I have no other course but to do what I have planned. That's the first portion of Rocky Jordan from 1949. We'll get back to it after these words. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. 
Hollywood360.com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, let's get back now to Rocky Jordan. She sprung up out of the chair, pulled away from me, and moved out of the place fast. In a minute, she was lost in the crowd on the boulevard. And I found myself wanting to keep her from killing more than anything else. Well, it takes two to make a killing. The one with the intent and the victim. If one couldn't be stopped, maybe the pigeon could be removed. I figured I could beat her back to the tambourine, so I called a cab, told him to step on it. A little while later, he dropped me off just in time to see Hashim Bey scurry out of my place with Barker's sample case in his hand. He was moving toward a black sedan on the corner, I suppose, to his waiting client. But I was interested in Toby Barker. I found him in the kitchen, a roll of bills in his hand. Oh, hiya, Rock. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this for you. The rest of the 600 I owe you. Old Hashim and I closed the deal. I turned over my uh, kitchen utensils to him, and he turned over his cash to me. You better start moving, Toby. I said you better start moving. I'm going. <laughs> What's the big hurry? Did Hashim open the suitcase before he took it? No, there wasn't much time. He had someone wait. What? You'd better move. For more reasons than one, pal. You're turning into a rabbit in a greyhound race. <laughs> what are you talking about? Andrea's on her way over here, and she's got a new clip for a gun. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Rock. Thanks, pal, for warning me. I'm not thinking no. about you. Well, then I don't I... want her to kill you, that's why. I don't think you're worth it. You don't want her to... Oh, no. <laughs> well, there's one for you. <laughs> oh, that's rich, pal. The rock going soft from my wife. Now back door, Toby. Use it. <laughs> sure, sure, Rock. I'm going. Oh, hey, wait. What about your money? Forget it. I don't like the way you got it. Your debt's canceled. <laughs> Suit yourself. Go on now. Make it fast. There's a plane for Athens in 30 minutes. So long, soft touch. I'll use your 400 to have at the shot, Toby grabbed his stomach, and that's when the rest of them came. He toppled over in his face, and by the time he hit the ground, he was dead. I looked up the alley to see where the shots had come from. All I saw was a figure standing there with a gun in her hand, Andrea Rios. And it looked just like it was mission accomplished. <laughs> picture, Toby Barker cut down by a flood of bullets, and standing up the alley from him, Andrea Rios, a gun in her hand. It had been a long haul for her, but it looked like she'd finally done it. As I saw her leaning against the building, beginning to sob, I felt sick. I hadn't been able to get the pigeon away in time. Well, I started up toward her. As I got closer, I could hear her sobs. They cut into me like knives, and I began to feel sorry for everybody who got into something they had no way out of. Andrea... I heard him groan. I saw him grab his stomach. Come on, now, get hold of yourself. He fell forward on his face. Andrea. Did I do it, Rusty? Did I finally do it? Give me the gun. And now that it is done, am I more happy? Andrea. Andrea, listen to me. This gun hasn't been fired. All the bullets are still in the clip. You didn't kill him, Andrea. Indeed, she did not, George. Sam. Since I answered your telephone request at the Dynasty Hotel, I've been keeping a close watch on you. Uh, I don't get it. You didn't cut Toby down. I've been outside the tambourine. A moment ago, Miss Rios came and waited by that lamppost. Then I saw this man, Toby Barker, 
emerged by your back door. I saw Miss Rios reach into her purse for a gun. I moved to stop her, but before I could, shots came from another direction. Mr. Barker was killed by a man named Hashim Bey. Hashim Bey? Sergeant Greco and I have apprehended him. Even now, he is in the police car. He has said that he killed Barker because Barker had double-crossed him. Oh, uh, Jordan, of this suitcase, do you recognize it? I'm sure, that's Toby Barker's sample case. It, it originally had the gold and platinum filigree in it. Originally, yes. That is what Hashim paid for, but what he got was... Well, observe. I shall open the suitcase. You see? The original contents, the filigree, had been removed. And it had been replaced truly with kitchen utensils. And all of them are stamped with the mark of the cafe tambourine. Jordan... Would you please explain to me when you pull the switch? Well, Chris had done what I had asked him to do. Remove the filigree and replace it with plain old utensils for my kitchen. I was trying to save the filigree for Andrea Rios because I knew Toby was getting ready to peddle it right away. I had no idea the switch would make Hashim throw bullets at Toby. But it did, and, well, that was that. I turned the filigree over to Sabaya, and after the inquiry, it would go back to Andrea Rios. That's about all, except that Andrea got her justice without putting her own foot in it. Later, Andrea and her brother Kiko went back to Ecuador. Well, who knows? Maybe someday I'll take a trip over there myself. Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arundt. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Nile Runs High. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Rocky Jordan from September 11th, 1949 with The Adventure with Andrea starring Jack Moyles as Rocky Jordan. That was sponsored by Del Monte Foods. Now, I think Del Monte Foods are still around, right? Oh, sure. Like you see all the chopped fruits in the like little... like Del Monte peaches yeah, things. In the little cans, right? Del Monte. Yeah. Kids. And that was heard on CBS. Larry Thor, he had an even deeper voice than I do. No. As the announcer. Even deeper than your husband, Dan, I Not think. Not a chance. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Also in the cast, Jay Novello. Good, good uh, mystery adventure there on Rocky Jordan in darkest uh, Egypt, Cairo. And a cool, cool episode. We'll get back to uh, more of those uh, on other episodes of Hollywood 360. Hey, we have Sam Wolf, our uh, engineer here in the studio. Let's talk to Sam a little bit. We've got a couple seconds. And Sam, you, uh, you engineer the show. What does that mean? Tell our listeners what you do for our program. Uh, well, most of the time, I just uh, make sure everything sounds polished up, nice, and you know, comes out sounding like a, a true blue radio show. Yeah, know? and I know that takes a lot of work with Carl with around. Lisa. So, yeah. um, tell what do you have to do to her voice to make it sound uh, listenable? I put a flanger on it. Just wah, wah, Flan- wah, 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 wah. a flanger. Oh, that house like Le- that sounds good, huh, Lisa? <laughs> um, just to be clear, Sam and I have no relation. Yeah. We just share a last name. And is it uh, that is we an, know of? Is there an E at the end of your name? There's or? no E. No at e. The end. Oh, so you're both like the animal. Right. No E on no, either one of the maybe last. Maybe we're like kindred spirits. You know, there's or Nero something. Wolf, which was is one of the adventure uh, radio shows we play. Nero Wolf, you'll hear one. He's got an E. And he He's has my an uncle. E at the end of it. My so. great great uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Nero. So you 
like the engineering world? Uh, yeah. Are you I mean, liking it? It's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. Do you someday want to get into more television type stuff or just, or you like the audio stuff? I mean, I love everything. I've worked a little bit in everything. Uh, I was doing podcasts when I was about 15 and stuff like that, you know, just for, with friends and whatever. And it's kind of progressed a little bit more, uh, professionally. And that's a lot of fun. Well, now you're engineering a national radio show. And uh, the only person you have to, um, you know, be uh, nice to is Lisa, yeah, because she's she's all of our bosses. <laughs> well, we share it's the tough. same name, so I right. mean, yeah. oh, it yeah. goes without saying. There's some yeah. there's some nepotism there somewhere down the road. Somewhere I'm sure. down the way. <laughs> uh, well, it's great having you on the team, Sam. We appreciate you. All right, uh, it's time for Jack Benny, probably the most famous comedian of the golden age of radio. We have a terrific episode for you now. This is going back to February 10th, 1946. Jack and all the gang. His special guest is Eddie Cantor. This was originally broadcast from Palm Springs, California, as heard on NBC Part 1 now, the Jack Benny Program. The Jack Benny Program. Starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today we're broadcasting from Palm Springs, California. Palm Springs, the garden spot of the desert, where the star of our show went for a cold and caught one. <laughs> and here he is, Jack. Achoo! Gesundheit Benny! Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, I wish you wouldn't give a false impression about the climate in Palm Springs. <laughs> Just so happens that I was sitting in the sun and it was so hot, I caught this cold fanning myself with a Florida newspaper. <laughs> really, the, uh... The weather is beautiful here. I know, Jack, but why does the sun go down so early? Don, it comes up in the morning, takes a look at the prices, and ducks behind the mountain. <laughs> but it's really... But it's really wonderful here, Don. There's so much to do. Ah, it certainly is, Jack, and I've been taking advantage of it. Sunbathing, swimming, horseback riding... Wait a minute, Don, wait a minute. You mean you found a horse that could hold you up? I mean... <laughs> Well, yes, Jack. I was riding a brown horse. You passed me on the trail. What are you shouting for? (laughs) Call me on a trail. (laughs) Was that you? I should have known. First time I ever saw a horse with arch support. (laughs) And a cane yet. That horse was so sway back, you looked like you were riding a slice of cantaloupe. If I told my writers once, I told them a thousand times, that joke is no good. I told them... Leave it in anyway. But I'm pretty clever. Just think, a few weeks ago, there were people who couldn't stand me. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Hi, everybody. Say, Mary, I've never seen you look so good. You've only been here a week, and you've got such a beautiful tan. You must have been out in the sun a lot. Yeah, I wish I could find a room. Awfully crowded here. You're not kidding. Yesterday I put a penny in a gum machine, pulled the lever, and a woman stuck her head out and said, Sorry, no vacancies. <laughs> Mary, if we weren't in Palm Springs, I think you were making that up. Huh? I didn't believe myself till I saw the sign. The sign? Yeah, it said, Please do not shake machine, you'll wake up the baby. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I know that gum machine. It's called the Juicy Fruit Hacienda. <laughs> 
They're booked up until April. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Mary, I saw you riding a bicycle down Palm Canyon Drive. You look very cute in your sunsuit. Well, thanks, Don. You look cute in yours, too. What? <laughs> Don, now, you walking around in a sunsuit? That takes a lot of courage. Jack, what about a you? A lot of sunsuit, too. <laughs> Don Wilson is the only guy I know who gets his suntan oil at a filling station. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying, Don? Um, um, oh, Jack, what about you and that corny cowboy outfit? Well, repeat that. What did you say? Uh, what about you and that corny cowboy outfit? Oh, I looked all right. And those high heel shoes you were wearing. Wow. Well, that shows how much you know. For your information, young lady, all cowboys wear high heel shoes. With open toes, you're crazy. <laughs> Well, I had to cut them. They hurt my feet. What a cowboy. You should have seen him, Don, swaggering around town with two guns in his belt. Three. One's a cigarette lighter. <laughs> anyway, Mary, when you're in Palm Springs, you're supposed to dress like a tough Westerner. Some tough Westerner. Your spurs still have dough in them from cutting out cookies. <laughs> You ate most of them, sister, so don't be funny. I know what's cooking. Okay, folks, the show may be flopping, but now Harris is here to start things popping, so shower me with that sun-kissed applause. Well, I wish, Phil, I wish you wouldn't sneak in here like that. Now, let me ask you something. Why didn't you show up for rehearsal yesterday? Where were you? Well, I'm sorry, Jackson. You see, I couldn't get a room in Palm Springs, so I'm staying out at the B-Bar H. Oh, the B-Bar H, huh? What are you living in, a room or a cabin? In the in bar. The bar. It's crowded out there, too. <laughs> Hard to guess that, you know. You must have loved that. Bit. No, no, not anymore, partner. I'm on a wagon. You on the wagon? Yes, sirree. All I take is two drinks a day. Phil, if you're on the wagon, you shouldn't drink anything. Look, Jackson, my stomach's like a steel mill. You can shut it down, but don't let the fire go out. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. That right arm of yours is a pretty good stoker, too. Now, it's uh, time for a band number. Are your boys ready to play? Yeah, Jackson, but I forgot to bring the music. You didn't forget it, brother. I hit it. <laughs> music only confuses them anyway. Now, wait a minute, Jackson. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's don't start that again. You've been riding my boys long enough. My orchestra is not as bad as you so unprovocatively infer. There he goes with that word again, unprovocatively. Phil, you used that same word last Sunday. Look, when I spend a whole winter learning something, I ain't gonna throw it away on one broadcast. <laughs> well, Phil, unprovocatively or not, all I know is when your band plays a number, it sounds like a filibuster with instruments. Now, go ahead and Hold play. it, hold it a minute. Jackson, what was that lovely word you just said? Filibuster. Filibuster? Gee, I already know unprovocatively, and now filibuster. Say, Jackson, how do you spell filibuster? C-A-T. C-A-T, filibuster. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> and now, and now, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Jackson, okay. But I still say my orchestra is not as bad as you so unprovocatively infer. There he goes again. Phil, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. If my band is as lousy as you say it is, why do you have them on your program? Because I feel it's my civic duty to keep them off the street. <laughs> That's why. What a bunch of guys. Every time we have a sound effect of a police siren, they throw up their hands and holler, we was framed. (laughs) 
Then they get into a big argument over who's going to ride on the back step. Some musician. Phil, how long have you, your boys been with you? About 14 years. You ought to buy them some new clothes. The numbers on their shirts are beginning to fade. Dress them up a little. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Jackson, I'm telling you, for the last time, my band is not as bad as you so unprovocatively filibuster. <laughs> filibuster? C-A-T, C-A-T. <laughs> Go away, will you? How do you like that, man? Tell him C-A-T spells filibuster, he believes it. Well, I think it's a shame, though, you take advantage of Phil just because he's a dope. You tell him, Libby. <laughs> But, Mary, it's such a simple word, filibuster. Oh, sure. I'll bet you don't even know what it means. I do, too. A filibuster is when a man gets up and, well, he says a lot of things that don't quite... Well, he, he rambles on and on. That's a tobacco auctioneer. <laughs> I don't mean him. What I mean oh, is... Oh, Mary, Mary, what Jack is trying to say is that a filibuster is an innocuous speech, the main purpose of which is not to necessarily convey subject matter, but to deliberately delay the introduction of controversial issues. I never should have gone on the wagon. <laughs> Quiet, Phil. Now, now, I'll give you an example. If I knew that Jack was going to cut my salary, I'd prevent him from telling me by filibustering. Oh, oh, Don, I'm glad you mentioned that. By a strange coincidence, I was looking over my budget. I'm not going to cut anybody's salary. <laughs> Everybody's so impetuous. C-A-T, impetuous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Phil, that's what a filibuster is. Now, let's get on with the... I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. Rochester, you know I'm in the middle of a program. Do you have to call me now? Well, this is an emergency. Every time you drive my car anyplace, there's an emergency. What happened now? Well, boss, you know after you pass Riverside where the highway runs parallel to the railroad tracks? Yes? I was driving along, minding my own business, and as I passed the train, the engineer stuck his head out and yelled, which way to Palm Springs? Uh-huh. And I made the fatal mistake of saying, follow me. Follow you? Rochester, are you trying to tell me you had a wreck with the train? Boss, let's just call it a mismating of metallic personalities. <laughs> what? If a train pulls into Palm Springs wearing fender pants with a sharp crease, they're yours. This is terrible. Which train was it? Well, now it's the Atchison, Topeka, and Chevrolet. <laughs> Now I'll have to buy a new car. You better buy some new clothes, too. New clothes? You know that hook on the train that picks up the mailbag? Yes. It got your laundry. My laundry. Rochester, all my shirts were in that bag. Don't worry, boss. I wired ahead to the next station. What do you say? No starch. See, I didn't know the Harvey girls were ironing on the side. Now, Rochester, you get out here the best way you can, will you? Oh, okay, goodbye. Goodbye. My car didn't have nine lives. I don't know what I'd do. That's the first portion of the Jack Benny program from February 10th, 1946. Jack Benny with all his gang, including Mary Livingston, 
Phil Harris, Eddie Rochester Anderson, Frank Nelson, Larry Stevens, Artie Arbach on that. Special guest Eddie Cantor is heard on NBC. And we'll listen to the conclusion of the Jack Benny program on our next show. But I do want to remind all of our listeners that one of our sponsors is Cat's Pride. And they are the best kitty litter in the world. They have a new product. And the product is called... Fresh and Light Ultimate Care. Right, which is a terrific product because it's in the green jug. Right. Catherine Heigl is the spokesperson for this product. I, I did see the commercials for the product with Catherine Heigl. She does such a great job. But most importantly, the product is a superior product to all other kitty litters on the market. Right, and it's a half the weight as other kitty litters. So if you're carrying that jug to your car and then from your car into your home, it's half the weight and it's the same amount of uses as the heavier kitty litter. And um, not only that, when you purchase Cat's Pride Ultimate Care, a portion of the proceeds goes to help dogs and cats across the country. Right. Uh, it's her brother, the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation. That's right. And uh, gives uh, money to this foundation to help uh, cats and dogs all across the country. So we are hoping that you would like to try this out. Not only try it out, but get an entire year's supply for free. How you can do that is send a picture of you and your cat, or just your cat is okay, to catspridephoto at gmail.com. Let us know your name, your cat's name, your city and state. Make sure to get it in by the end of the month. Every single month, Dan Jaffe, CEO of Cat's Pride, comes in and draws one lucky winner. So we hope you'll send in that picture before the end of May. That's catspridephoto at gmail.com. And if you don't win in May, then send uh, another picture. could be the same exact picture. And in June and every month, until you win, someone has to win every single month, and it could be you. Let's uh, take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, Lisa Wolf, next time, if you care to join us, we'll have the conclusion to the Jack Benny program from 1946. Then we're going to play in honor of Sam Wolf, our engineer. He said to me, uh, Carl, my favorite classic radio show is The Shadow, right? That's right. All right, so we have a Shadow episode for you, Sam. And this is going to go back to 1938. It's called Death Stalks the Shadow. So you'll enjoy that, and hopefully our listeners, too, uh, will, too. So we'll see you next time.